0: Warning. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie that we're discussing today, I suggest you stop the podcast and go watch it. Then, when you come back and listen, you'll get more out of the discussion. On this episode, we explore the 2017 cut of Justice League. Okay, I am Sebastian, and I am here with Jennifer. Hello. And we have special guests today. We have Crystal and Ken Oyegen. Crystal, hello. Hello, hello. And hello, Ken.
1: How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great. And we are here to discuss the 2017 Justice League And uh, we're discussing that because coming up this week is the release of Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Now, technically, this is also Zack Snyder's Justice League because his name remains on the film as a director. But it's pretty well known that Joss Whedon took over once um, Zack had to step aside because of his daughter's death, which was very tragic. But uh, Joss Whedon um, shot a bunch of the movie, and it's largely rumored that this movie is mostly his. But um, let's talk a little bit about the DCEU. Now, Ken, I know you are a comic book fan and a comic book movie fan. What is your just general feelings on the DCEU? (laughs) That's funny. I know this is a loaded question.
1: (laughs) A for effort, I guess. But. But
0: what would you give them for execution?
1: Oh, uh, I, I, I've, I've seen all of them and I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the characters because truth be told, as much as Marvel's kicking butt um, in, in, in the movie world, the, the actual comic books, I've always been more of a DC fan than Marvel fan overall. I love them just because I get to watch these characters live doing stuff. But as far as execution and ultimately a, a core understanding of the characters, I'd, I'd have to give the, the entire universe like a like a D minus.
0: So almost failing is what you would say.
1: Yeah, and that's I mean honestly, D minus
2: is like no child left behind <laughs> Yeah,
1: just so just so D minus just so we can get more chances. Maybe we can get an, we can get a couple A's on the board. There's a lot of good movies in there, but. The bad ones are just so bad, like it just the curve is terrible, It just drags it all down.
2: I don't have like a a deep attachment to the characters. I I have like a very limited understanding of all of them. I mean, it's all just like stuff I watched as a kid, like a general understanding of Superman, general understanding of Batman, etc. A lot of what I know, I know through Kenneth or watching some of the justice league cartoons or young justice cartoons and like making my assessments from that but a lot of these movies i i made judgments based purely on like what it felt like to watch them yeah mm-hmm. and i always come out saying well that wasn't fun Uh huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for the most part when i go to watch a superhero movie i expect to have fun yeah And, you know, if we're going to go the other direction and it's not going to be fun and we're going to do gritty and serious, then I want to be having a very compelling experience. And it's like, I'm not getting either of those. Yeah. So then it ends up just kind of floating away from my mind. And I'm just like, eh, we should just watch Avengers again.
0: (laughs) Jennifer, how do you feel about the DCEU?
3: I don't feel very much about the DCEU. Um, I kind of what Crystal's saying, I, my experience has been, you know, I, I'm not a, a comic book reader, so it was like Super Friends was my initial yeah. introduction, <laughs> um, you know, and Superman and Batman movies. And I liked the Batman TV show. And then with the, you know, more present day films, um, there's some that I actually have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I liked uh, Aquaman. Yeah, I, Aquaman was fun. And I liked, A Joker, that counts, right? Kind of, yeah. Kind kind of, of. I mean, I know it's not, you know. Technically, (laughs) it's not in the
0: (laughs) same universe as the movie we're talking about, but it counts. It was, you know, obviously it's a DC movie.
3: Sort of, yeah. What I did not like, which everyone here knows, and Crystal and I talked about extensively, was... Batman versus Superman. Mm. I really, 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 really. I seem to remember you saying you didn't
4: (laughs)
0: really like that one.
2: I think she said really about twelve times when she told me (laughs) how much she really did not like it. (laughs) And I was like, I think you need four more reallys.
3: Well, then Crystal found this article that I'll never forget, and I've referenced it ever since. Was uh, when the man called it in the article uh, the the DC Murderverse because of (laughs) Batman. And, and sociopathian or something like that. Yeah. Like there were some really good zingers in there. And uh, yeah. A- and it's not even, you know, I don't even have a problem with uh, really Ben Affleck as Batman. But that one film, like, and it's, there's not many films like that in my entire, like, liking of film history where I'm just like, I hated it so much. Ooh, wow. But that was one. so that, I mean, that, yeah, I have to make mention of that because that's definitely a big ding against DC.
0: Well, I understand, but I didn't hate that movie nearly as much as you. I am a fan of Batman big time. I really, I'm Batman is my number one. It's sort of weird with me because for me, Batman is my number one guy. And then all the rest of the DC guys are way, way down the list if we're just talking superheroes. After Batman, I go into like Spider-Man, Daredevil, like Moon Knight even. like I like tons and tons of Marvel characters more than most of the DC characters. But my number one guy is Batman. And of course... When I was a little kid, I loved Superman, but um, not not so much now, although I've enjoyed... I did love the Christopher Reeve movies, and I do. I liked Man of Steel okay. Now, we must discuss Zack Snyder, who was the director of Batman vs. Superman plus Man of Steel. I initially kind of liked Zack Snyder's movies. I liked Dawn of the Dead, his take on that. And I kind of liked his Watchmen and stuff, but as we go on in his filmography, I start to like him less and less.
1: I think Zack Snyder uh, makes things look really cool. I think the unfortunate thing, or, I mean, I don't know, depends on what who, who you ask. The simple movies that don't need deep character study that's kind of really straightforward, he can knock that out the park. Like the, the Dawn of the Dead movie that you were talking about, it's just like, you know... Let's survive this night, get into this mall, survive, and get to the boat. You know, it's kind of straightforward. A bunch of people, get, you know, in one in a, in a contained space trying to survive. Same thing with 300. It's literally like, oh, these Spartan guys, let's survive the per- the, the Persian invasion. And, you know, obviously they don't survive. But, like, that movie's cool. Spoiler, um, Ken. Like, like, those two movies, to me, are my favorite Zack Snyder movies. When he gets really ambitious is when things start to, like, you you start to see the, the deficiency in his approach. Because it's like, things look really cool. Like, I actually do enjoy Watchmen. I think Watchmen looks cool. But I've read that comic, and it's not the comic book. And it probably should not have been made unless you could have made it a TV series. You know, I think it looks cool, and it's super fun, you know, and the fight scenes are amazing, but... As far as the story itself, it's kind of it's kind of flat, and then that's the same thing with pretty much everything else he's done. I actually like Man of Steel. I, I see what he was trying to do, but I also understand the big criticisms that have followed that movie. Um, I don't like Batman v Superman very much. Also, looks awesome. I think it looks awesome, and that's the thing. And the thing with Zack Snyder is like what you can say is that the movies look cool. They're they're really moody and really you know you know awesome but like but like the stories always feel and the characters especially always feel really one-dimensional kind of flat
2: i like 300 i thought it was a fun movie i didn't really think anything beyond what it was because i don't think it needed to be anything more than what it was yeah like it's just a cool movie to watch i mean i saw sucker punch i didn't get the point of why we needed that movie that i get movie it it is, looks cool oh, but yeah. the movie is <laughs> just so like <laughs> <and>. <laughs> Mm-mm. Looks
1: cool though, It looks Mm-mm. really cool. It, it does yeah. look cool. Yeah.
2: But that's the thing, it's like he does a lot of cool effects, but I don't think they're they're for me. Like even especially with Man of Steel or Batman v Superman and Injustice League, there's like there's times where I'm just like, Can we just have some contrasting colors please? Uh-huh. Because I get I get like like visual fatigue of just like so much blue and I'm just like mm. I'm not really even sure what I'm looking at anymore because everything is just variations of blue. So it's like I can recognize that it's cool, it's just not cool in how I would want it to look. I think from like what I've seen and like how he comments about these movies, he's somebody who's very focused on the visual and has little respect for the source material. Um, and I think with directors... They always fall in different camps. There are some that are just purely visual and they think that's only their job is to make things look cool. And I think that's that's where he is. And if no one's going to tell him otherwise and his career is going to continue to flourish, like, why should I stop him? Why should any of us stop him? Let him get his (laughs) checks, how he's going to get his
0: checks. I don't think there's any stopping that Zack Snyder train.
3: (laughs) No, no. So, I
2: mean, it's obviously working for someone.
3: For someone.
0: (laughs) Jen, do we even have to ask you what you think of Zack Snyder? Because I think we all know in our hearts...
3: No, you guys pretty much know in your hearts. It's like, you know, I actually agree with what you guys said as far as, like, I think he is super visual. I, I believe he got his, like, his start in music videos, which makes sense. That is true. I totally agree with Crystal as far as, like, I, I get the battle fatigue. I get battle fatigue when it's choreographed well and looks well if it goes on for too long. But mm. then it's like, you know, we have this, and again, it's it's shot well, but it's, it is. It's just, like, it's so dark, and it goes on for so long, and that's, like, with batman v superman like i just it, it went on for like an hour it felt like like it just and i don't even remember i just was like what who had like to i was watching justice league and we'll get into this but i was like oh was this what i, I had like it's like my memory had been erased from batman <laughs> said, v Superman. Just like
0: <laughs> in <laughs> fairness though you did not watch this when it came out so you'd already seen like three other DCU movies in between, and so it's easy to get confused. Let's quickly touch on Joss Whedon, since he's kind of really the director of this movie. I was definitely a fan of Buffy. I liked that show a lot. Um, I've liked a lot of the stuff that he's done since. I wouldn't call myself a Whedonite or anything, like his super fans. The news, I don't know if you guys have been following the news that's come out about him, all these accusations that he's basically... uh, big jerk bully basically it sounds like uh um it started with ray fisher who plays cyborg in this film saying that he would like play you know he would choose favorites and play them against each other and then charisma carpenter came out and she talks about just sort of psychological abuse that he was putting on her so it sounds like he's kind of a big giant jerk but uh i was a fan of his buffy series and i liked avengers of course and i liked even i even like ultron more than a lot of people
1: oh man you're you're speaking my language i love buffy the vampire slayer i love angel i like that Uh, those those are like my those are my two you know i i even really and this is funny because no not a lot of people would even say this but I love Dollhouse. Yeah, I Dollhouse, think Dollhouse is, is a dope bad. show, and I'm pissed that it got canceled. I thought that show was awesome. I didn't actually get into Firefly, but I got—I I love Serenity, the, the the film, the feature film version of Firefly. I love that movie. And me too, like you, Sebastian. I actually kind of really like Age of Ultron. I think it's—I think it's a good, it's a perfectly, perfectly good B plus A minus Avengers movie. I'm I'm into it. You know, with the recent allegations, uh, it, it's kind of sad, kind of sucks. I've always liked his work, but I think his work ex- exists in this very specific sphere.
2: I, I've enjoyed stuff that he's done, but I think it's it's never been to his credit. I've just never really thought about him like in, mm-hmm. and his involvement <laughs> to it. It's just things that I've just like, oh yeah, I like Buffy. Oh yeah, I like Angel. Avengers is great. Age of Ultron, I enjoyed it. But I just never really think about Joss Whedon. I think it's one of those things where I don't particularly see... His particular style when I watch those things when I think about him taking over Justice League from Zack Snyder it's always seemed so strange to me because Zack Snyder is so stylized yeah so it's like to go with somebody who has more of a um almost like a blank palette but also willing to go full rainbow Uh it just doesn't mesh (laughs) it's like they go they clash because their ideologies are actively in combat with each other you know what I mean yes
0: I totally know what you mean. I
2: think that's what you see when you watch Justice League. It's like, we go full blue, but then there's a little color. And it's like, wait, no, you're throwing me off. But it's like, we don't know which way to go because we're seeing, it's like we're almost watching Batman v Superman thrown together with Avengers. And we're all just supposed to like, get it.
0: You've got one director who's really worried about visuals. And then you bring in this other guy who's really known for character and dialogue, you know, which is great. You think maybe those two things will balance each other out. But I think maybe they would have if they had actually collaborated together on the movie and it hadn't been one guy started the movie and then then left and another guy came in. I think the results might have been different. Jen, do you have an opinion or uh, affinity for Joss Whedon?
3: I, I mean, I like what I've seen that he's done. I mean, I, I like Buffy and Angel. I like the Avengers. I like um, I love. Well, I love Cabin in the Woods. And um, I just was looking up. I forgot that he, he's the writer for Alien Resurrection. Oh, I right? know. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I know he wrote Alien I fr- Resurrection. I forgot, I forgot that. No, I, d- I just, I think he does have a style in the sense, not as how things look, but as far as the humor. Yeah,
0: it's humor, dialogue, character is kind of
2: his thing. Yeah, good point.
3: With Justice League and having you know like you said having these two directors not collaborate but one taking over for the other it feels very much like that happened because it's like you're watching Justice League and it's very serious and then we got like a you know we got like wink wink you know hey like a, you know or a pun or something and I'm just like haha <laughs> like are, are, we, are we laughing now are we laughing now okay you know because it's like it's it's totally um it feels it feels kind of all over the map.
1: Schizophrenic.
0: <laughs> so yeah, when this came out in 2017, Ken, I'm I'm assuming you saw it, right? In the theater? You went to see it? Yes, I did. Crystal, you probably went with him, right?
1: Yep. She doesn't remember. She blacked out. Until recently. (laughs) Well,
0: you guys are a really good, loving couple, unlike Jen and I, because I saw this alone by myself because she was so down on Batman v Superman. When this came out, I was like, I, I want to see Justice League. And she was like, no. <laughs> is it Zack Snyder? And I was like, well, I think Joss <laughs> Whedon did some of it. I'm like, no.
4: <laughs>
0: that met with a resounding no. So this was Jen's first time seeing Justice League.
3: It was. For it this, was. Oh, for lucky this you. <laughs> <laughs> Why
2: don't
0: we start where you have to start with this movie, which is uh, Superman. Superman. And um, Henry Cavill's cgi out mustache. I mean, that's the real elephant in the room.
2: So I just, it just looks like such lazy CGI. Uh-huh. It looks like they ran out of money, which I'm sure they were because they were just doing everything was just more expensive than it should have been. It's just so obvious. It's like one of those things that reminds me of. Do You guys ever see... Um, bradley cooper in american sniper and there's that scene where they have like the fake baby and it's like very obviously a fake baby and it's not even like cgi it's like a doll or something (laughs) and it's like we're not supposed to notice (laughs) and it's what it feels like that where it's like oh am i not supposed to notice because i very much notice Every single time it <laughs> happens. It just makes you feel embarrassed for everyone involved.
4: <laughs> it's
0: definitely the worst in the opening scene, which is a scene of like little kids interviewing Superman. In the context of the movie, Superman's already dead at this point because he died at the end of Batman versus Superman. But we're getting this sort of flashback with these kids interviewing Superman on their iPhones. And it's really, really obvious in that. And I was, I remember even seeing in the theater being like, oh, this is a bad foot to step out on like i mean i would have been like just don't put it in there like don't start with like you didn't ease need us it. into the weird lip don't just be like all right here's the weird lip everyone like you can't not notice it
1: <laughs> they're like it's here and we're gonna be proud of it we're gonna we're gonna make sure you see it We're going to put it, we're going to do that really ultra close up right, right here. So, you know, (laughs) this guy, Superman looks like someone who had botched plastic surgery, but it's okay. (laughs) And we're just going to keep rolling with it. I hate that scene. I think that movie, oh, I was so irritated because part of it for me, it's like the lip, but it's also like, who's this guy? I don't remember this guy in the other movies. This is like, this is, this is more Superman like, but when did this happen? Did he like between movies, this is like, I'm going to be pleasant now because in the other movies, in Batman v Superman, he's depressed the whole time (laughs) and he's just like angry. And the same thing with Man of Steel It's like, oh, like, okay, I guess we're we're going to pretend that this is the Christopher Reeves version, the Henry Cavill, Christopher Reeves version. We're going to pretend.
0: He looked like he was smelling a really bad fart all throughout (laughs) Batman v Superman. Like He had a look on his face the whole time. I know because I've watched the movie several times. Well, yeah. when Jen hasn't been around.
4: <laughs>
3: First of all, I didn't even remember that he died at the ending of, the end of Batman v Superman. So Sebastian had to tell me like that he's dead. I kind of was having a feeling like, like you said, Ken, like where he seemed happy. He was reminding me of like, it was reminding me of like Homelander from The Boys or something. Like, it seemed
4: oh,
3: wow. like <laughs> Right? Like, yes, it was like very like, oh, what the the kids or whatever? It was just, um yeah it was it was weird it was a weird start
1: he just might laser the kids let's let's just you know (laughs) let's brace ourselves well
2: because none of us were prepared to see superman as like an influencer and that was like his moment like he was on like an instagram live and it's like is he gonna go into a commercial like what is this for
0: I think it's like Ken said they're they're trying to sort of establish right off the gate like we're not going to do that grumpy superman this is going to be nice superman and I mean there's a lot of that sort of attitude in this movie of like okay we're going li- to we're going to lay back from the darkness we're going to lighten this up we're going to try to give you these versions of the characters that you liked to begin with. After this, we get this obviously Zack Snyder credits sequence set to a cover version of Everybody Knows and where people are just being the worst. It's all in like slow motion, kicking over, like Nazis kicking over people's fruit (laughs) stands. Fruit
3: stands, (laughs) just being terrible.
0: Right off the gate, you get that whiplash where you're like, okay, I thought we were being nice. Oh, no, 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 we're not being nice. No, we're going to kick stuff around. Um, But then after that, we get our introduction to Ben Affleck's Batman. We get this scene where Batman is... Um, chasing a criminal on a roof played by Holt mclaney or whatever, who we, we enjoyed in Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Batman's basically just trying to get this you know, parademon out in the open so that he can attack it. But, you know, we're reintroduced to Ben Affleck as Batman. Now, I was one of the few people that was actually kind of excited for Ben Affleck, Batman, when it was announced back in the day. Despite the fact that I thought he was a terrible daredevil, I figured, well, Ben, I think Ben can pull this off. And I do think he did. I think he more or less pulls off Batman. I agree. I think he's a little bit better in Batman v. Superman because just because I feel like he is able to maintain the tone of that film, and I feel like this film doesn't give him the opportunity. I also feel a little bit bad for Ben, because I know he was going through some personal troubles, and he kind of looks it in this movie. He looks a little puffy. I think he might have been hitting the sauce, but I still think he's a pretty decent Batman. Ken, what do you feel about Ben Affleck's tenure as the Dark Knight
1: I'll be honest, I when, when he first got cast, my reaction was like, oh, this is awesome. This is like, this is comics accurate Batman. I've, I have an issue with um not casting per the dimensions of the character. Like mm-hmm. Batman in the comics is a big six foot four, 225 pound muscular, like jacked guy who just so happens to also be like a super ninja. Like that's Robert like Robert Pattinson's
0: thing. gonna be rough on you, isn't it? <laughs>
1: oh, I'm very, I'm, I'm, not into it. I'm not into it. But like, you know, he, like he was a terrible Daredevil because Daredevil is not a six foot four, two hundred something pound. You know, he's just like you know five foot ten Ninja Man. So you know, you know Charlie Cox is to me. I was like, mm, brilliant casting. But with Ben Affleck, I was very excited. I think he's a better Batman than anyone has been Batman. If I'm basing it on comics accuracy, I just mm-hmm. wish he was in better movies. I think he's a better Batman and Bruce Wayne, frankly, than Christian Bale was definitely better than Michael Keaton. Cause I don't even know what, like that guy, I mean, every it's classic, but you know, it's fine. But like, you're, if I'm looking at, you know, the Batman cartoons or the comic books and it's like, Michael Keaton. Okay. This doesn't make any sense at all. But, <laughs> but, uh, but so I, I loved it. And, 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 and like you, like you said, uh, Sebastian, Batman v Superman, a lot better than um, Justice League. He was very puffy. Um, so Batman v Superman, he was like in tip-top shape. It was fantastic. I like. I mean, I-, I like a lot of his scenes in that movie. It's just the story's dumb.
2: When the casting first came out, I thought it was an odd choice. But I think that's mostly because I often expect the worst of Ben Affleck. And he consistently proves me right. Um, I do like Ben Affleck. I think he's talented. I think he's cool. Even though I didn't like Batman v Superman, I understood why that choice was made. I would have preferred him to not be a murdering psychopath. But, you know, that's not his fault. It's not on Ben Affleck. He didn't make those choices. But I thought he looked dope. I thought he looked really menacing. I thought he looked like, you know, this vigilante of the night. In Justice League, I thought through the whole movie he looked uncomfortable. And it's like that puffiness that we're talking about. It's like everything looked too small. Everything looked like kind of a struggle. And it's like, is this supposed to be like a lead up to like Batman retiring? Because he looks like he's really having a hard time with everything. And that doesn't mesh with like how I see Batman because Batman is not like Batman is such a cool, stoic leader detective that you won't see him sweat. You know, like that we're not going to see that of Batman. He will go and be in pain by himself and figure that out himself, you know. So, so much of the discomfort was very odd to me. And it's just like Ben Affleck, you got to tighten it up, get it together.
3: Yeah, he seemed like just kind of like beat down. And it did make me like really, I mean, I know it's always been that Batman is not someone who has powers, he's someone that has gadgets and money and and you know, he's a just a cool smooth guy that, you know, gets shit done. But in this I really felt like even though I know he doesn't have powers, like I still kind of I still placed him up with the the superheroes, sure. like in the same yeah. same league. Because he makes up for it in other ways. Yeah, he's
0: always presented as being so ahead of the game, both in terms of his intellect and his preparation skills, and his you know his money allows him to have all these advantages. I always say like whenever anybody's like who wins in a fight, Batman or so and so, I'm like Batman. He wins every time because he figures it out beforehand because he's all he's, about yeah. Prep. He's like yeah. one
3: step ahead, and yeah, and in, in this I felt like yeah he was, he was double steps behind.
1: In, <laughs> yeah. double step behind.
3: He was go- he was going through it like I felt like he was going he was going through it for sure like he- Ben was having a tough time yeah not the best of of Ben Affleck Batman
0: I will say this about the Ben Affleck stuff I do really kind of enjoy Jeremy Irons as Alfred in this movie yeah. I think he's like a fun presence not a comics accurate uh uh, alfred but he i think he kind of adds a nice little touch to it
2: i was just telling ken earlier when we were re-watching it that as much as i love jeremy irons i really don't like him as alfred (laughs) and i don't know what the (laughs) thing is that i don't like i think what it is is because because of the added jokes um there's too much joking back and forth Like if we got the super serious Batman and then Alfred was doing all the little wisecracks, I think I might understand the dynamic where it's like, you know, he's just kind of like trying to lighten it because Batman's so serious. Yeah. It became like this goofy odd couple pairing, and I was just like, I like Jeremy Irons more than this. He deserves better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let let me ask you this, because there's so obviously humor injected into this movie. Do you feel that like the the addition of the humor we'll talk more as it applies to some of the other characters because there's obviously one character where it really applies. Yeah. But yeah. do you feel that uh <laughs> do you feel that it doesn't work so well with Ben Affleck's Batman?
1: That is the worst worst thing they've anyone's ever done to Batman. I think it's criminal
0: <laughs> worse than Batman and Robin.
1: You know what? Yeah. Because at least Batman and Robin's like, you know, Joel Schumacher's like nipples. We, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's what we're doing. So I just, I just accept it. You know, I hate that movie, but I'll be honest. Justice league is worse because the thing is, is like, you know, in Batman V Superman, no matter what everyone thinks about that movie, what we see is, you know, Batman working out, Batman being a scientist, Batman prepping. You know, when he when he's ready to fight Superman, it's like, oh, Batman's got this whole thing wired up. The choreography and, you know, whatever, it's, it's not the greatest thing in the world, you know, it's fine. But at least in that movie, you're like, all right, ba- Batman's, um, you know, he knows what he's doing, he's got a plan, he's going to do it. In this movie, like, Batman is such, he's like, he's almost like a clown man. And with you, he's my favorite character. my He's my favorite character because the whole point of him is this is someone who took his resources and just worked. Like, sharpened his body and his mind to just be that good. But in this movie, you know, it's like, oh, I think I'm bleeding. And it's yeah. like getting... <laughs> Like like he's getting pushed by Diana and it's like the cartoon Batman wouldn't take this. It's just it's so frustrating. It's the it's the it's the it's it's you know, Josh Whedon should go should be put in prison for
0: it. Jen, <laughs> do you feel that Josh Whedon should be put in prison for what he did to Batman?
3: <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't thought about what Josh Whedon had done to Batman until Kendas laid it down. <laughs> I think Batman does have, like, a tiny bit of humor to him, usually, like, throughout the different, at least, you know, and in the, in the, there's a little bit there, but it is, it's too much in, yeah. in Justice League. It's it's weird. I mean, I don't mind a little bit of, of you know, Batman got got a tiny, tiny little joke, but not, like... Batman got jokes throughout the whole thing. Like this was this this was this was weird.
0: All right, well, let's move on to uh, Wonder Woman. How do we feel about Gal Gadot? I believe it is Gadot. I've heard people call her Gadot, but I, I think the Israeli proper Israeli pronunciation is Gadot.
1: Oh, I love her. She could do no wrong. That's that's you my take. No Even in a bad movie, she's great. <laughs> she's great in her own movies, though. You know, the most recent one. that that, that's a mixed bag but i i i think it's one of those situations where when when she was first cast i'd seen her in the fast and the furious movies and she was you know she was there you know she was fine but when she was first cast i was like this i don't know what this is but eh, okay i guess and then you see her in batman v superman and she's just so fantastic and then you see her in her own movie and it's like oh my gosh you're great like i feel i feel like gal captures the warrior like like wonder woman for whatever reason i don't know like they they happen to capture like get this one particular character perfect every other character i don't know what they're doing but with wonder woman it's like they got her right like she's um it's like her femininity doesn't diminish her strength her strength doesn't diminish her femininity she's a warrior. That will cut a dude's head off, but she's also the most pacifist person on the team, always willing to want to, you know, do the right thing in like a noble way. And for whatever reason, Gal just sells that. Gal will forever be Wonder Woman. It's like she's it's like Christopher Reeves, Superman, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, as far as I'm concerned.
2: What Gal Gadot has is that she's like deeply endearing. And she has like this kind of quiet charisma about her Mm -hmm. that works perfectly for Wonder Woman because she's just she's not in your face and you just feel the sweetness and the warmth from her. But like at the same time, you also know that she could kick everyone's butt in this room. And if you push her there, she will take you out. I, I don't like how in Justice League she's kind of put to be sort of like the mom in some ways yeah. Yeah. it's like she's supposed to like kind of rally up the boys which I think is just a really lame way a really lame thing to do to the woman in the group I mean again that's not Gal Gadot's fault I think she's doing awesome I think it was inspired who everybody who whoever thought of putting Gal Gadot in that role especially because she wasn't really anybody anybody was checking for at that time yeah um, it was a good
3: call I love her. I love her. I love her. I love Wonder Woman. I I actually liked Wonder Woman 1984. I'm one of the few people I think that, that did. But I, I was Me just too. happy to be there with her. You liked it too? Yeah, I was just like happy to spend more time with her. I just think she I think she's lovely. I, I think she's a badass. Like she's just, and it's like as a woman especially, like I just, when I saw the, the first Wonder Woman, I mean, I got all like t- weepy because i was just like yeah like little you know little girls got like this great you know superhero to look up to you know she's just um she's the the, the whole package and i and i do love linda carter that's who i grew up with my my wonder woman and she's a lovely lady as well and the you know spoiler little cameo at the end of 1984 i was like yeah the wonder womans are together but um (laughs) anyway yeah I, i can't say enough nice things about gal i think she's She's awesome.
2: I think what it is about Gal Gadot that's really awesome is that because she's so good at Wonder Woman, when things go wrong in the movie you kind of let it slide because it's like you know Wonder Woman is not a perfect movie 1984 was nowhere near a perfect movie but I so love her as Wonder Woman that I'm like you guys stop complaining it's great (laughs) like it's fine we don't need to think (laughs) about all these other things it's fine like you're picking it apart and it's like you know obviously I'm biased just because I love her but it's like when you get casting right you start overlooking a lot of flaws because it's like you know I had a good time because I have a good time watching
0: her I'm glad yep. you brought that up because I feel in the case of this movie, she kind of comes out the best because, yeah. you know, she she maintains her character really well throughout this movie. I am a big fan of her, too. I especially love the first Wonder Woman movie. I enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984. I just think it didn't have enough of her in it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I You know, I do really like her. I think she really knows how to operate, like, within her zone. Like, I don't think she's the most she's not Meryl Streep or anything but like she's she's perfect for a a strong superheroine character and I feel that she kind of comes through this the most unscathed like I I don't think this movie reflects terribly on anyone in it really but I think that she because of her sort of grace and poise comes through it I am sad though about the creative decision and it all starts in in Batman versus Superman where there, it's like Wonder Woman didn't do anything for like a hundred years or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's such a weird place to put her you know. So yeah. in this film the whole conflict is kind of between her and Batman because he's like you've been in hiding for a hundred years and like why didn't you come out? You could have been you could have been Superman but you were you know too busy being sad over Steve Trevor or whatever and it's like why are we doing this with Wonder, Wonder Woman? Like and it doesn't it makes sense because we're, our introduction to her she's like saving people in this big bank robbery is like mm-hmm. no one there like hey there's this wonder woman oh i guess this was after uh batman versus superman so she's she's out in public now i guess
1: i guess everyone forgot that she saved the world in 1984 i guess right yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was, she was in the white house it was very public i don't know how that just goes under wraps but you know that, that's just the thing with DC, man. I, 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 I hate the gripe. It's just like the lack of patience and just like the setup. It's like I really wish DC had their own... Um
0: Kevin Feige. Kevin
1: Feige. I really wish they did.
0: Then we're sort of introduced to the character of Cyborg played by Ray Fisher. (laughs) He had a lot of negative things to say specifically about how Joss Whedon handled Justice League because I mean a huge amount of his character was cut out of the movie. If you had seen the trailers from for the original cut of this film there's like he's a football player and there's scenes of him playing football and They really cut his role down significantly for this cut of the movie. Um, I actually like him. I'd never seen him before as an actor. Um, My only... Familiarity with the character of Cyborg was I read Teen Titans for a while and he actually started as a character in that comic. So I always thought it was just kind of weird that he was in the Justice League in this movie because I always associated him with that team, but I think the actor actually does a good job, but I'm not really enough of a Cyborg fan to say whether this is a good uh representation of the character or not.
1: I never read any Cyborg comics, but I've watched a lot of um Teen Titans cartoons. I thought Ray Fisher did the best he could with what he had. I didn't. I don't have any issues with his character. There's an obvious the movie, the way it's cut. It's obvious that there's more here. Yeah. Like when he's introduced in that random apartment with that hoodie on, it's like uh, you know this. This is it feels so rushed, and I think it's like everyone. I mean, even the even the layman when it comes to movies could tell that. Oh, there's scenes missing. So and and I think that's an unfortunate thing, but you know it's awesome that this upcoming Thursday we'll get to see the full scope of what this was supposed to be about, and maybe the character is even more memorable after the Snyder cuts release. But in this movie, you know he's the he's the tech guy. He's like you know I'm part of the the unity. I don't know the mother mother boxes. So he doesn't really get to do much.
2: I'm fine with Ray Fisher cyborg. I did. I wasn't familiar with him at all before. Batman v Superman or Justice League I mean I think he did fine since I, I saw the movie when it first came out back in 2017 and upon watching it now again this is only the only the second time I've actually watched it I didn't watch it at all this you know these four years because why mm-hmm. um
4: <laughs> it
2: was I, I realized that when I watched the movie the first time there were a lot of things that just didn't make sense to me but at like after watching it, I didn't care enough to ask Ken to explain it to me because of the uh-huh. experience I had. So it was just like it didn't matter. But now since then, we've watched we like we watched Young Justice and we've seen some other movies. Um, so like now upon rewatching it, it's like oh now I understand who Cyborg is, how this happened to him, what the Mother Box is, who Steppenwolf is. Like I understand what's actually happening and how his character interconnects. And I think it it. Because of everything that was cut and, you know, what I would imagine would be there from just like a basic storytelling standpoint, they really kind of chop his character right at the knees because we don't really understand the importance of who he is. Because, I mean, he is an important character. It's like he's basically this guy who is this alien supercomputer, but they don't really explain that in a way for... The gravity of that to land on you as just like the average viewer who didn't want who didn't read all the comics.
1: He's the MacGuffin, but no one ever really says it's. So.
0: Right, exactly. He's tied into the whole MacGuffin. He's actually connected to these mother boxes which seem like poor man's infinity stones there's a lot in this that seems like poor man's Avengers stuff Jen I know you had no clue as to who this character was none we haven't spoken at all about your experience watching this how did you feel about cyborg and were you confused and I was
3: so confused so confused I don't I didn't know who this was actors fine I have no problem with him I thought he looked cool but I know no clue. And the way that we we're introduced to him is like his who we find out is his dad is like going through the lab or something. And someone says, hey, I can't remember his name. Sorry it's like about the
0: janitor v-. who shows up again or, later. Yeah.
3: <laughs> random. Yeah. It's like, hey, sorry about Victor. And he's like, you know, very solemn, thank you. And then, yeah, like Ken said, it's like he's in this apartment with the hoodie and we're seeing like some pictures in the background of him like throwing the ball. And like, you know, it was just felt, it was felt like a very rushed introduction to this character that I was completely clueless about. I don't know what he's here for. I don't understand what he can do. Like, I I don't, I could have just gone with a little more, just a little more backstory for the, you know, a person who um, didn't read, comics or teen titans or what i mean he was not in super friends 100 nope. <laughs> not in super friends i you know if they would have had what is it Z- zin and zang was that uh, the, zan the and wonderful? Jaina? zan and Jaina, whatever Zen and zang zin and zang <laughs>
0: You are not showing this material the respect that it deserves.
1: That it's funny. Zan and Jada get
4: it
3: right. <laughs> I love
1: Super Friends. They were that, that's a fun cartoon.
3: I did too. I loved it. Yeah,
1: Super Friends was my jam
0: too. So that Same. was also my introduction to most of these. <laughs> it's characters. Like Wonder Wonder Twin Powers
3: activate, activate. into the form of. Cyborg, a bucket no, of know. water.
1: <laughs> I just gotta say,
0: they have missed an opportunity by not throwing them in at like uh, at like one of the end credit scenes. <laughs> like, can you imagine if they threw Zan and Jaina in at like the last second? Everyone would be like, "Yes!" It would be like five stars. DCU all around. I would you all flip around.
1: out. I'd watch. I'd watch a so- a solo movie with those two. All
0: right, we might as well get on to the what's probably the elephant in the room here. <laughs> Uh, We meet the character of Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, played by, uh, we need to talk about Kevin Ezra Miller. Um, We're introduced to him um, visiting his dad in jail, and his dad is played by Billy Crudup. And they have, like, if you really listen to the dialogue, it's so on the nose because everything they say is related to, like, oh, you need to just run to blah, blah. You know, it's all these, like... You know, this coded language for running or fastness or whatever. But he's definitely playing him as sort of like, I don't know, maybe sort of on the spectrum-y, the comic relief character in many ways. It very much feels like a Joss Whedon take on this character, but it was originally conceived this way because I don't think it's going to change in the Snyder Cut. hate to... uh, Dash your hopes hmm. in that in that way, <laughs> but I mean when I will say this: when I first saw the movie, it didn't he didn't really grate on me. I kind of thought he was funny and fine, but the more I watch it, the more I do kind of find him a little irritating.
1: I mean, it's just this, again, it's like a fundamental misunderstanding on who these characters are. Like I've I've read Flash comics, I've seen all the cartoons. Flash is not comic relief. He's like a serious crime scene investigator like legit borderline detective. And you know, he's a tough guy. Like, I mean, comic relief, maybe kid flash, but definitely not Barry Allen. Barry Allen's very serious. I mean, and this is the thing with this movie. It's like, you don't know the background Barry Allen, his dad's in jail because he's been falsely put in jail for killing his mother. And yeah. Barry Allen's trying to prove his innocence. That's some serious heavy stuff. You get no sense of that in this movie whatsoever. We don't even know why his dad's in jail. We get that he wants to prove his innocence, but the idea that he, your dad's in jail for people because people think your dad killed your mom—that's some serious heavy emotional stuff that you can mine. But we don't do it. And then the but the biggest. Travesty is. I don't know if Ezra Miller has ever like run like run before. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if he's ever seen anyone run because the way he runs in these movies is so annoying to me. It, like it like grates on my like my my brain. He like he flaps. His, it's almost like he's like. Are they trying to say he's skating on the speed force? Like I don't know what he's doing.
0: I think they might be saying that. Yeah, he's
1: like he's like this. He's like. <laughs> And he's like, he went, he like turned. And I'm just like, have you never seen the Olympics? Like running is running. I don't know what this is. It's For people so listening to
0: this, Ken was flapping his hands. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fla- flapping. My hands. I mean, just like Google, bar- uh, you know, Flash Running, you know, Justice League, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's so stupid, but yeah, he's the worst. I, I want them to recast it. I'll be fine with it. And also, apparently, Ezra Miller is a terrible person, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: also been proven to be problematic, unfortunately. He got he kind yeah. of freaked out on a girl at a club. Yeah. It sounds like he might have mental illness, so I have a little sympathy for him. It doesn't yeah. sound like vindictiveness. It sounds like he might be just a little mentally ill.
2: I always feel like every time he comes on screen, like I'm getting a great value Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Like, I'm getting discount bin off market generic Spider Man. And because of that, because they're trying to mark the price down, I'm not getting uh-huh. any of the charisma or the likability or the courage that Spider-Man has, specifically the Tom Holland Spider-Man, because we all love him because he's just little and cute and he's this teenager who just wants to do good so bad. And that's what you love about him. It's like even when he does he can't he doesn't have the means, he like figures out how to just help however he can. Even when he's afraid, he still wants to just help. You know, I don't I, I don't know how I feel about Ezra Miller, to be honest, because it's just like I don't know what's him and what's just the writing and what's the directing. To me it's just one big lump a mess. It's just like there's just there's nothing to really like about him and it makes me feel bad because it's just they're just he's like he's just trying so hard to get you to like care about him. Um, and the thing that I think really bothers me about Flash in this movie is that he's kind of a coward. And it's like, I get it, he's young, but you're also really preparing yourself to do this. It's not like you're just some kid who figured out your powers, and now someone's trying to make you a superhero. It's like, you have a suit and all this stuff. Like, you've obviously been doing things. we right. don't know what, because they won't show it to us. But you've obviously, you obviously want to be a superhero, so now here's your chance. Be scared but still go, you know? And it's like obviously he still does do stuff. We we get to see some interesting effects. I agree with Ken that his running is just so bizarre. It's just such an odd choice and I think it, it may be skating. It, it kind of looks like a combination of just it's like he's like scooping the air with his limbs. <laughs> I think I actually
0: I heard somewhere he was tr- he was trying to look like a speed skater. That
1: makes the most the most sense to me because obviously that's not running, but Flash is a runner, not a speed skater. So I don't know where they got that from.
2: It's just such an odd, it's an odd choice from every angle. It's an odd choice to kind of make him so socially awkward. It's an odd choice to make him the comic relief because it's like, would this character who's also maybe on the spectrum be the comic relief? Like, why would that be who he is? Like, if we're going to go the social anxiety route, then like lean into that. Why would he Mm -hmm. also be the clown? So it's like they couldn't make a decision about who he was supposed to be. Like, if he's supposed to be, like, the plucky kid, then let him be that. I'll give him one
0: little bit of credit in that the scene, I think the scene where Batman comes to his, law, you know, his crummy loft space or whatever and recruits him, I think he does good in that scene. And as far as, like... Playing the comic relief part that he's given. I feel like in that scene, it works pretty good. I like when Batman throws the Batarang at him and it slows down Mm -hmm. and he grabs it. And, you know, I like their exchange. I think it's, it's, that's where it works the best. Not so much in the rest of the movie necessarily.
3: I do like the scene that you were just talking about. I thought that, and I do think some of the effects are cool with him as well. I don't really have any attachment to the Flash. I do, however, um, think about ezra miller because when he came on screen i was like i know this guy from somewhere and then I, you said it's he's from, he's from we need to talk about kevin and i was like oh yeah that kid <laughs> that kid because i've seen that movie a couple times and it's like it's it just is burned in your brain once you remember like he, i i kind of felt like the whole time i don't know and, and bless his heart because it's not his fault i mean he played that role and he played that role really well but that's kind of all I could see when I was looking at him because he's <laughs> kind of his, his character's a little off you know because we're not really sure what he's supposed to be doing and i'm like is he he, is he gonna kill everybody i don't know i mean i because that's (laughs) so but but spoiler that's what happens and we need to talk about kevin so i'm just kind of like a little just i'm just a little uneasy with him the entire time i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about him i'm also just like that's the only other reference i have from him and it is such a like it's just when you it's you know and and again it's not his fault as an actor it's it's just like but when you've been in a movie like that, it's just all of a sudden when I knew that was him, I was, that's all I could really kind of think about. So
2: then it would really be the murder verse.
3: He's <laughs> <laughs> no, in the murderverse, right? I mean, anything goes with the murder All
2: right. Well, now we got to
0: talk about my man. Aquaman Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Now, <laughs> um, Jen uh, had seen the movie Aquaman before this, uh, but this was actually his introduction. He gets a second or two in uh Batman versus Superman, but this is his real introduction as a character. Now, I'm gonna fully admit right up front, I'm kind of a Momoa fanboy. I lo- I just really enjoy his presence. I enjoy, you know, and he's totally a dude, bro, Hawaiian surfer dude, bro, dude, and that's what he does and that's who he is. I'm good with it. I just like him he's got the most beautiful family and they're the most beautiful people who ever walked the face of the earth he's super (laughs) handsome um and i totally know that he is not a comics accurate depiction of aquaman (laughs) so i imagine maybe ken might have an issue or two Uh, with him but you know and look I'm not gonna go there and do the old oh Aquaman is such a joke character because I know Aquaman is can be made into a cool character and there's a lot of things you can do with him and the comics has done a lot with him and sort of made him more of a serious character than he was say in Super Friends but <laughs> I just I just love Momoa so much and he's so Momoa as Aquaman that I just like this take on Aquaman but Ken how do you feel about Momoa's Aquaman?
1: This is one of the few instances where I'm kind of I'm glad that they, it's not comics accurate, at least not classical comics accurate, because I think I think Jason Moore embodies maybe not the dude bro aspects of things, but like the Caldrogo warrior aspect of things. Yeah, of how Aquaman is kind of viewed now, Aquaman's kind of been retconned into. I mean, he's always been a king, but he's like a warrior king, almost like a Game of Thrones under the sea type character. So he's he's no longer lame, you know. He's he's not. He's basically he's kind of equal strength to Wonder Woman. Not quite as strong as Superman, but like a complete warrior. Like the two of them, and I like that the the movie references sort of like the Atlantean Amazonian conflict between each other because they're you know, they're warring nations that fought before. I love Jason Momoa too. I'm I'm a super fan and. uh. You know, got a little man crush on the guy because he just seems like so, well, like, yeah. like so fun. It's like you just want to hang out and drink a drink a beer and like I don't know surf. I guess I don't really surf. Look at his muscles. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I think I I personally think the depiction of Aquaman is fantastic. That's one of the DC movies that I think is awesome. And so I'm all about it. I'm 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 into it. I, I like it.
2: I love Jason Momoa. So they probably could have made him Wonder Woman and I would have been okay. Because of this I would have went with it. Um, so I mean, wow. clearly I'm biased. But um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't have... The thing is, it's like, I don't have any previous impressions of Aquaman. Like I remember some... And seeing some cartoons or maybe some comics when I was a kid and I remember the like you know, standard white blonde Aquaman that you would see. But I didn't really know anything about the character besides like, you know, he was this guy of the sea talking to fish and control the water and all that stuff. Right. But, you know, because of Jason Momoa's casting, when I think of Aquaman, only the only person I think of is Jason Momoa. Um, because I think he is that perfect blend of the land and sea person. And I think it's that, you know, that that play into like some kind of Polynesian, Samoan, Hawaiian, something that's there that makes a lot of sense to my brain. And I think he's just like, you know, that pure charisma sort of person that even when things aren't right, you're still like fine watching it because he's just so great and he's fun. And I mean, there's not, there's a lot of things in Justice League that I think- aren't great. I think the dialogue they give him is, is kind of lame and tired, but you know, he does the best with it that he can. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think how they show him really makes sense for like the character that they've created Aquaman to be like, he's just, he's kind of like this macho guy, but he's like not misogynistic. Um, And he's like a drinker, but he's not like a mess. And it's like this, 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 this perfect blend of the guy everybody wants to hang out with who's also got like this great hair. He's
1: C-Thor. He's C-thor. Yeah. He is
2: thor Exactly. That's exactly what he is. So it's like, you know, it's all going to be okay because we just want to go to the party. Can we get an invitation, please?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you that it doesn't always, he doesn't always get the best lines or whatever, but I do feel like he gets two really pretty great uh, scenes in this movie. I do really like his introduction when Bruce Wayne goes and finds him at the Alaskan, or whatever it is. It's not Alaska, they're Swedish. I don't know where they are. They're somewhere.
3: Nordic. Nordic, somewhere. yeah. yeah.
0: And I like that scene. I'm actually looking forward to see how it plays out in the Snyder cut, because One thing that kind of ruins that scene for me, I like the scene in the bar, but then they go out of the bar and um, Momoa goes wandering into the the ocean. And you can totally see that they reshot some bits of it because he's sitting like waist deep in the ocean in some of the shots. And then they cut to him like totally in front of a blue screen like just to add a few lines, and it just kind of bothers me because it looks mm-hmm. so obvious. So but uh, I really like his introduction in that scene and the whole way he's just kind of like, yeah, I don't give a crap about this. And I like the way he makes fun of Batman. He's like, you dress up as a bat?
4: <laughs> and I
0: like when he shows up in Gotham, and he's like, oh, yeah, dressed as a bat. Yep, I, I, I dig it. <laughs> and then I like it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I love the scene where he sits on the The and he starts pouring out his guts like yeah we're probably gonna die here but like you know and oh and you're just gorgeous or whatever
3: (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) die
0: i i really love that moment and i'm so happy that he gets some decent moments jen how did you feel about i know you like momoa's aquaman but did you like him in this movie
3: I, I do. I think actually the humor works with him. Yes. Right? Because he's 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 just he's got such great delivery and um yeah, I mean, as you know I love love his solo movie, Aquaman. Um, especially with James Wan at the helm. It was like can't can't lose. Um Your favorite
0: but, uh, director, yes. <laughs>
3: But yeah, he's just he's just a delightful man. And yeah, I, I'm in love with his whole family, this Lisa and Zoe and Lenny and he are friends. And it's just it's just just so many beautiful people being. Yeah, great. they're like the perfect human. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like I just I just yeah, I just love, love, love. So I think he's he's a perfect Aquaman and he's just always a, a fun presence.
0: He does, unfortunately, get one the most baffling scene in the movie where he goes to uh, fight Steppenwolf in uh, the <laughs> underwater world and uh, like Atlantis and then he has this weird conversation with Amber Heard as Mara and like I, still to this day I'm not really sure what's going on there no. she's like you got to go save her I mean it's basically she tells him that he's got to go help and fight the fight or whatever. Yeah. But it's such a weird scene. But you know, and that note, why don't we get on to what I think is the nail in the coffin for this movie?
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is the supervillain that's taken a magic carpet ride uh, <laughs> and is born to be wild. And that is Steppenwolf, at least as conceived in this version of the movie, is I think terrible. Um, he's totally uh, you know, as Crystal might put it, uh off brand Thanos, right? like <laughs> great, great value <laughs> great value Thanos. He like the the CGI is just so video game. like it would be good for a video game, but like we're in a movie here, and especially after Thanos, it's just really terrible looking. And, you know, he's voiced by um, Kieran Hines, the British actor, who's an actor I like, but, you know, I don't know. This character just sucks. I'm not a huge fan of, like, the mother boxes and the whole MacGuffin element of this movie. It just, again, feels like off-brand Infinity Stones the whole thing, you know, I know in the comic books there's probably more to it, but just this whole this, I feel like this is a really bad, bad choice, both as a villain. And I mean, if you know the rock band Steppenwolf, you can't help but giggle every time his name is said.
1: I mean, it's 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 awful. The thing that's really funny about like like per the comics, like mother mother boxes are a thing in the comic books, but they don't do what this movie makes them do. They're really just. Mother boxes open what they call boom tubes and like they heal you, and that's about it. I mean, there's another MacGuffin. We get the boom tubes. Yeah, you, we do. There's another MacGuffin that they could have used, which is called is the anti life equation. But the thing that's really funny is that they use Stefan Wolf as like this weird great value thanos but they already have a great value thanos and it's called dark side so it's like i don't know i don't know what they were doing there
0: i think they were hoping to make a bunch of justice leagues movies and they were hoping to build up to dark exactly that's yeah that was the
1: hope but it's you know we don't know like with thanos you know he has a really rich motivation this guy is just like unity i mean he says it so many times i guess that's that's like his 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 reason it's just so bad. And you're right, the, the CG is so and it's unfortunate because it's like you see a movie like like uh, Avengers, Infinity War, or Endgame, and it's like it feels so seamless with what's going on. Like Thanos kind of feels like fully realized. But I think mean, I think part of that is because he feels like a real character. And so it's like if you have this CG evil person that really only says a couple words all you're left with is just a video game looking character that doesn't really say anything interesting. So it just, it, it, it further disconnects you from the villain. Thanos, you know, CGI, CGI, we all know he's CG and it's like, it's not like he looks, it's weird. It's like, it's not like he looks real, but because he's feels so real and the acting and the story is so engaging, it helps make everything sort of come alive. With this, the story's not engaging. His motivations not engaging. He just doesn't do anything interesting. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the Snyder Cut. If that that's better, I know like based on stuff I've seen on the internet, he looks different. I don't know if he looks better.
0: That's a step in the right direction for me. I don't know. There's just <laughs> yeah. something about the way he looks.
1: Is in it
3: this. Wolf in the right direction?
2: That's
0: a good one. It's a Steppenwolf in the right direction. <laughs>
2: so dumb. So dumb. The two things that stand out for me every time I see a scene with Steppenwolf is that, one, I think of Thanos' goons in Infinity War. You know the guys. It's like there's there's a the first guy who's like got like the magic or whatever, and then there's like yeah. the lady, and then like the like you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, how come they looked yeah, the so guy good? Looks like Green Goblin. Yeah, it's like you know not, I don't even think of Thanos. I think of Thanos as goons. It's like they looked so good in the midst of what they were doing. Like, why does this movie that only came out like a year before look so bad? Like, it just looks so bad. And then the other thing is. Every scene that happens after that introduction of Steppenwolf where we see the past fight where like he's fighting all the tribes of men and the Amazonians and the Atlanteans. I want to watch
1: that movie. Every
2: scene after that, I'm like, I don't want to see this. I want to see what happened then because I don't really Mm -hmm. understand why he's here because Mm -hmm. that looked like it looks so much more interesting Um, And it looks like I might actually get an an explanation about like who he is and an understanding of why he's so pissed off because he's obviously very upset. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why he's got such beef with us. (laughs) And I just want to be like, what's your problem, guy? Like, what's your deal? And we never really get an explanation. He just spends the whole movie really angry looking for these boxes and everyone's doing a really bad job of protecting them. (laughs) Like the worst job. Mm -hmm. One on like the roof of a car.
0: I mean, (laughs) guys, that part's just so baffling
2: it's like you know that's a scene where like batman is kind of left behind and we're waiting for like where's batman where's batman it's like oh yeah he's got to like walk places because he's a man but
4: (laughs) it's like the batman
2: of like who i know batman to be would never have forgotten that that mother box was there he would have already been thinking ahead of time of like we have to protect this as much as we're trying to wake up superman we have to protect this thing because it's the it's the last piece it's like batman would have already Figured it out, had a safety recourse plan to make sure that Steppenwolf would have never got that mother box.
3: I I just, I don't know what's going on. That's, that's, that was, I I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I feel like Crystal just put it into better words because I was like, I need to know more about, like, I don't know why he is just so pissed. And he, he, yeah, he doesn't, he looks like a good video game, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I just, like, I could not. I mean, he could have been in Batman v Superman for all I know. That could have been the villain cuz I don't remember what that guy looked like they were fighting there. Like I that's how like it's so just like a blur. I know who Thanos is. I remember Thanos's goons too. Like I can remember all of that. Like I don't know what like I feel like I'm have I been roofied during the DC <laughs> films? I don't know what's going on.
1: It's so interesting to me, I think with these movies, both Justice League and Batman v Superman, both movies have scenes that are so awesome that it's almost like I wished this this is the movie I was watching. like Batman v Superman, when he fights those thugs in the warehouse, I was like, why did yeah. they just make a Ben Affleck Batman movie? I'd watch that all day because this was the most mm-hmm. awesome fight scene I've ever seen Batman in. Totally. I totally agree. In this movie, what where, where Crystal was saying was like, that scene in the past, we're talking Atlanteans. We're talking... Amazonians are talking tribes of men and Green Lantern Corps and apparently Zeus and Athena. It's like, why can't we watch this movie? I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's like I want to watch this movie. Like it's like both of these movies give you this one scene where you're like, oh, and it just like it's like it's kind of bittersweet because like man, that sound that seems like such a better movie than what I'm actually watching right now.
0: Sadly, not the movie we got. <laughs> no. So, so they base, you know, basically the first part of the, m- the movie is all about Batman sort of assembling the team. He gets the team all back together, and then their first adventure. Um, they find figure out that Steppenwolf is kidnapping people and he's keeping them underneath Gotham Harbor we get one scene on the rooftop with uh, JK Simmons who is playing uh, Gordon he's a very comics accurate sort of depiction of Gordon you know it's too bad we're not really gonna get to see him do any more of his Jim Gordon because I thought it was pretty decent
1: no I mean I think I think you're right it's a very comics accurate depiction it's just weird because it's like it's again this feeling like man I really wish I was watching like a Batman movie. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't make any sense for this movie to have Jim Gordon with the back signal, and then like Wonder Woman and Cyborg and and Flash all show up on the roof. It's so weird. It's like I really would just like, man, if there was just Ben Affleck and and J.K. Simmons having a conversation about. Jared Leto right now. It would be really dumb.
0: Mm. (laughs) 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 So yeah, so they end up going basically underneath Gotham Harbor and like Steppenwolf has got these, you know, he's got uh, Cyborg's dad. He's got the janitor from uh, the Star Labs and he's, you know, being really mean and he's going to hurt them if they don't tell him where the mother box is. So we get our first sort of action scene where the team is working as a team. Flash is sort of scared so he doesn't want to really go fight but Batman it's a nice moment because Batman tells him like just save one person and then you'll know what to do after that the action itself is just kind of whatever I mean it's sort of fine serviceable uh, superhero action I do feel there's one too many shots of like Wonder Woman flying through the air and like trying to grab her sword in this movie like she does it in this scene. I think she does it near the end, too, and it's cool, but it's they kind of go to that well one too many times, maybe. I mean, you got Gal Gadot. She looks good flying through the air with a sword, so I can see why. But, you know, it's fine. It's not like a mind-blowing scene.
2: I think that moment with Batman and Flash is a nice moment for Batman, Um, It makes sense that like that would be the the very clear, simple direction that he would give as like the leader of this, you know, kind of quickly rallied together team. I mean, for the most part, it's just you're still like we're we're just waiting for an explanation because we're just watching people get murdered to get, you know, for the, Steppenwolf's trying to get information, and it's just like, what is he supposed to do with this information? It's like, okay, we're just finding the boxes, you know, it's a whole setup for more questions, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's kind of just like, you know, I guess it's fine, it's a shrug. At least we get some action, especially after so much of I mean, I I think that was maybe like the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie was like the setup of the team and a lot of conversation and a lot of dialogue. I mean, one of my comments is just like, I think there was a better way to have Batman or Wonder Woman engage with these people in a way that's more visually interesting, especially because there's so much of it is just, you know. Conversations by a lake, or conversation over the computer, or conversation in a mysterious holdout, or whatever. Um. So it was just nice to finally have, you know, what we all came there for—the superhero action.
1: It's funny when we were, when we were rewatching it. Uh, Crystal had made a, made a comment about Batman's fighting style in this particular film, and and she was she was like. Where's all his gadgets? Batman's always like, you know, he's got, he's, he's, you know, he jumps on someone, kicks them, and then he lands on the other side and he he secretly slipped on them some bombs and they blow up. Like, he's always Mm -hmm. thinking 10 steps ahead, which is one of those things that, like, made me think of the warehouse scene where Batman is doing Batman stuff. You know, he's got the gadgets going, he's got the kung fu going. (laughs) It's funny because it's like, I think it's one of those scenes where, it's like a reactionary scene from like previous movies where they just like, you know, everyone was like, Oh man, you guys are fighting in the middle of the city, destroying things. I guess we'll put them in an abandoned (laughs) silo. It's so, it feels so claustrophobic and there's not enough room for people to actually move around and do anything, but, and it's dark too. So it's hard to see, but you know, Aquaman comes in and does like, that's the coolest part to me with the water thing, but it's also confusing, especially if you've then seen Aquaman later, it's like, does he have is he the king of the sea now or is he the king of the scene in the next movie, you know? Cause like it made it seem like his trident was the trident in this movie. Right. But <laughs> so, yeah, that
0: he gets his trident in the next movie. So
2: it's like yeah, okay. It's, I just kept asking, like, where did he get this outfit? Like, he didn't make that outfit. Jason Momoa's not gonna make that outfit. <laughs> right.
0: He gets a similar outfit in Aquaman, but it's more true to the comics, but again, exactly yeah. It feels like the movie Aquaman happened before this movie, but it did not.
1: Yeah, that's what it feels like. Because even, like you said, that that weird conversation with him and Mira, it's like, I kept thinking, do they know each other? Because I kind of feel like it was implied that they met, met for the first time ever seeing each other in Aquaman. But it's like, okay.
3: I hear what Kim was saying about it being a little dark and a little cramped, but I also agree with what Crystal said. I think that was a nice moment um, between Batman and The Flash. Like, I think that's good sage, like, superhero advice to anyone who's getting their start as a superhero is like, just try to save one person. You know, it's like you don't have to save the whole world. I think that's just a good message, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that scene was fine. Um, I, as far as the continuity goes, you guys are talking about. I saw Aquaman before this, so I, I don't know. I'm like,
0: you just figured this was taking place after Aquaman.
4: <laughs> it was in
3: my world, so yeah. I, that I, yeah, it's that 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 didn't really affect me, but I can see now because I remember what I do remember what happened in Aquaman. Um, that this could be out of context. Um, I also just felt like, uh, what you guys also kind of touched on that the whole, like, um, assembly of getting everybody together took a really long time before we get to them actually, you know doing their justice league team you know we're we're gonna fight the bad guys like i feel like it took a long time to get there
0: probably not as long of time as it's going to take in the four hour cut of justice League. (laughs) (laughs)
1: we'll probably get a full hour of that of just the assembly
3: but maybe we'll know all about steppenwolf maybe all of our questions will be answered maybe we'll be endeared to flash
0: In every movie where Batman is a character, I feel like you have to add a vehicle. And in this one, we get this, like, I forget what he calls it. It's like a troop transport or something, but it's really like a spider. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like a giant spider car or something. I mean, there's sort of a fun sequence where Cyborg takes over the car because he can jack into anything. And, you know, they're climbing up the side of they're trying to get away from the Um, The water that's rushing in and it's climbing climbing up the side but I mean I thought it was kind of a weird choice as far as like bat vehicles go and it's also kind of like what he just happened to have this thing that was like perfect I mean I know he's Batman and you know he's got lots of stuff so it's (laughs) fine or whatever but it's not one of the Batman vehicles that I I find particularly memorable
1: I hate it it's stupid
2: (laughs) (laughs) valid opinion it's very clunky i don't know it just seems like a um it it, it feels like a, a hulk appropriate vehicle because it just comes through and smashes things like there's no stealth involved in it so i don't know it's just it's an odd choice
0: Hey, you got to sell those toys, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, so Aquaman does show up to save the day, as Ken mentioned. And then so the team sort of regathers at one of Batman's hideouts. Or no, it is technically the Batcave because Flash makes a joke about it being the Batcave which I felt Jen's eyes rolling. Um, I could feel them rolling. But we do get the scene that every superhero team movie needs where the team sort of has a conflict. And I do enjoy the sort of back and forth, although I you know, I, I have a fundamental problem with why Wonder Woman has been not saving people for the past 50, 70 years or whatever. If that's what we're doing I like the moment between her and Bruce Wayne where, you know, he basically brings up Steve Trevor. Is that what Steve Trevor would say? And she throws him against the, against the whatever. And then, you know, all the other guys are kind of like, whoa, you know, like, you know, if she kills you, we're going to back her up or whatever. It felt like a definitely a Joss Whedon moment. I have no idea if he wrote this scene or not, but it definitely felt like a Joss Whedon scene.
2: It felt like it was a a necessary scene. I get why it was there. I wasn't all the way there for the jokes. Um, And I felt like how they had Batman behave was odd to me. He seemed like very stressed and desperate, which it just, just, I don't know, just didn't appeal to me. I think... The low blow of the Steve Trevor comment, I could see Batman doing that to try to like push something out of her, Mm -hmm. but in a way that was much more collected and reserved than how it happened in the movie. Yeah,
0: totally. I totally know what you're talking
1: about. I don't know. It's the whole the whole movie. The way Bruce is acting towards Superman is just odd to me. It's almost like we missed the movie in which like they became like really good friends in between like his
0: Bruce and Diana. You mean?
1: No, no, Bruce, Bruce Bruce, and Diana about Superman. Because right, right. this is the scene where they're like, you know, he's talking about bringing him back or whatever. And Diana's like, yeah. no, don't do it. And the way he's talking about it just feels so odd. Because it's like, I literally just watched the previous movie where you you basically like wanted to stab him with a long spear. But, you yeah. know, whatever. <laughs> let's forget about it. <laughs> and now you guys are best friends. Like, you, the time between you, you deciding not to kill him and then him dying was like ten minutes. The exchange between him and Diana is really cool. I think that is one of the more like Crystal said, I think it's one of the more Batman y things that he does in the movie. He just doesn't do it in like a like Batman's like supposed to be the like be the coolest guy in the room. And he kind of does it like, like, kind of like what Crystal says, like he's nervous and desperate and sweaty. Oh, it
0: feels like he's losing his temper, which is yeah. not something Batman would do. He would no. do it. He would say it, but he would say it because he's doing it to get a reaction. And it feels like he's losing his temper.
1: And also, Batman would say it, but also like not be asking permission. Like he would just kind of right. do it. He'd be like, "This is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm doing." You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like it's it, it's a it's a. I like it because it's like a nice scene where everyone's kind of calm, and I actually do think the joke that Flash makes about um about backing her up if she kills him is, is funny. is one of the few times I think Ezra Miller's del- delivery is funny, so I, I like that the scene for that.
0: Jen, I, there's one joke in here that I expected to work for you, but I don't know if it did, and that is the Flash, you know, is worried that. Bringing Superman back is going to be like Pet Cemetery.
3: I did. I did chuckle at that. Okay, <laughs> I
0: didn't hear a chuckle, so I was a little worried. But I was like, "Chen doesn't like the Pet Cemetery joke." Who did I marry?
3: Did you know? I feel like he said. Did he say it again later too? Yeah, he
0: said he does it twice.
3: Yeah, because late because later on when he does does come back and it's not going well, he goes He's like
0: Pet Cemetery. He goes
3: Pet Cemetery. Yeah. No, I did. I, I chuckled thank goodness <laughs> yeah no there was there's a couple times where i i kind of you know chuckled but again it's like it's just weird because it's not um it's not the avengers where you know you you know it's chuckle time throughout it's like it's a weird yeah. it's like it's not that the 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 little jokes or puns aren't funny but it's just it's just the tone is so unbalanced
1: it's all over the place yeah
3: yeah where i'm like i kind of like a lot of times it's like huh like, I like, you know, a butthead, a but, a butthead, like laugh. <laughs> like, I, I think this
0: movie is one of the most obviously Frankensteined movies ever. Like, it's pretty rare that I can totally feel like I can see the seams and I can feel like, okay, this they didn't do the first time, but this they did. I'm probably wrong. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting when we actually see the Snyder cut and he actually directed this jokey scene. Who knew? You know, it'll be <laughs> it'll be odd. But, you know, as somebody who's familiar with both these guys' work, I feel like, up oh, this is Joss Whedon. up oh, this is Zack Snyder. And, you know, they're two great tastes that don't taste great together. Um, and it just feels Frankenstein-y. But, you know, speaking of Frankenstein, uh, the next thing they do is they bring Superman back to life. Um, <laughs> and again, to your point about the unbalancedness of it, we get a grave robbing scene. <laughs> With Flash and cyborg, and look, I know they need to dig him up. like we've established that he's buried, but it's just such a weird scene. You're like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be creepy? Like what am I supposed to be feeling right now?
2: Um, I definitely had some feelings about it. It felt very <laughs> unnecessary. And one of the th- one of the jokes that Ezra Miller makes is about like how he could do it faster, but it feels disrespectful. To like do it faster because they're like digging up his grave. And one of the things that consistently bothered me throughout the movie was like a lack of urgency for this end of the world scenario. You know what I mean? It's like, is this not a big deal? Is this not like an issue that's like on a global scale that is imminent and you guys don't, you're not prepared for it and everyone seems to really be taking their time with everything? It just felt like very unnecessary and it's just like. Did we just really need to establish that Superman is here in this graveyard? I don't know. I don't... It just... I don't... We could have just skipped over it. It didn't need any of it.
1: It's the same issue that I think... It's just, It's an overall DCEU issue. It's... These scenes feel weird because they are weird because they're so rushed. This movie's, like, story is like a resurrection story about Superman, a uh, uh, Wolf story about whatever, a uh, redemption story about Batman, I guess, because he really wanted to kill Superman. And then, you know, we got to deal with these two characters that we don't know, we've never seen before, and kind of, feel you know, give them something and some sort of background. It's just, if, if there was time taken, like, even if that movie, ex- if that scene existed in a different movie that was more about Superman, I feel like it would be different because the whole setup would have been, you were taking your time with it. That whole thing yeah. is just so weird because it's so... They The scene before is when they're talking about it. The very next scene is they're digging up a grave. The very next scene, they're putting him in the water. It's like, it's like okay, I guess we're just going to keep going with this. Whatever. It, it's just such a weird scene.
3: Well, I was just confused because why was he at the harbor? Who? Superman.
0: He was in Kansas. He was buried in Kansas. He was
3: buried. Okay. But why would, why did they need to bring him back to there to bring him back to life they needed understand. to
0: bring him to the harbor because that's where the spaceship the kryptonian spaceship that had the water in it that like you're because you don't remember batman versus superman the big monster at the end of batman versus superman was was General Zod's body transformed in the, the old spaceship from Man of Steel. Don't get
1: me started about that.
0: <laughs> you can be forgiven for not remembering all of this. But this was all stuff from the other movies, basically. The only way they could bring Superman back to life is to put him in this water that it was in the Kryptonian spaceship. Okay, okay and use the mother box to resurrect him with it and then they try to put the mother box in the water and it doesn't work so flash has got to do this thing where he runs around and then electrifies
3: to bring him back frankenstein style okay all right that's a there lot that's a lot to get there I'm sorry. Exactly. that's a Exactly,
1: <laughs> and confusing. And in fairness to, in
3: fairness to me, glazing over—that was a lot to to get there.
1: <laughs> glazing over was the right call. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb, it, 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 Sebastian. I'm I'm a super, I'm a fan of DC, and the fact that that ship is basically supposed to be the Fortress of Solitude, and it's in the middle of this city. It's not in the. It's not in the. In the, the ocean. The fact that Zod was doomsday, all of it is dumb and it makes me angry.
0: But the net result is that it brings Superman back. So we get Henry Cavill in like without a shirt because I don't know his shirt came off at some point. <laughs> his like the shirt he was buried with came off so he can flex his like undead, s- sexy undead chest. And then so he's brought back to life in his black pants and he flies off. And then he goes to the memorial that was in Batman versus Superman that's now been all trashed or whatever. And we get this scene where he's looking at the memorial and he sees all the names of the people that died in the battle with him and Zod. And then the rest of Justice League comes to sort of, you know, confront him to make sure that he's okay. Batman wisely stays behind because, you know, the last thing Superman remembers is Batman being a jerk to him pretty much. <laughs> And we get this scene where, and I remember when this came out, a lot of people thought this was kind of the best scene in the movie. I'm not sure I agree. There's definitely some kind of fun moments in it. But basically, like, Superman is like a rage zombie for whatever reason, (laughs) because I don't know. That's just what you do when you come back from the dead in the DCU. So they're all basically fighting him. And, you know, sort of the best shot is, you know, Superman's grappling with with Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Cyborg and the Flash is running around him. And, you know, the Flash is going in super speed, which in this movie is in slow motion. And Mm -hmm. we see that Superman can totally see him.
1: That is a really dope scene. I actually think that that scene works, despite all the ridiculousness is shirt off. The fact that his pants didn't get burnt off from the sky beam that happened. (laughs) And it's, like, perfect and, and not not charred or anything, whatever. But it's a cool scene. Um, it, it shows – I think what's cool about it is that it displays, like, Superman's, like, over-the-top physical strength. Because you've got an Atlantean and an, and an Amazonian demigod goddess character and then, like, a super super robot man. And all three of them can't really restrain him. Um, And then on top of that, you know, and I said this to Crystal when we were were watching the scene, I was like, this is creepy with how his eye just like moves and sees Flash. And Flash is looking at him like, oh my gosh, I'm probably (laughs) going to die. And obviously, you know, Superman is fast, but Flash, and I like how they did that because it depicts Superman's strength and speed, but also says that Superman is not as fast as Flash, just a smidge slower. Because Flash is able to dodge all his hits, um, but he's keeping up pretty well, and it's terrifying for Flash. A, that that scene specifically is really cool.
2: Um, I agree. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a good way to show Superman's real abilities. Um, I didn't understand why, like, what the problem was. Like, is he a zombie? Is he angry? Is he just disoriented? Like, it didn't really make sense to me. I guess I no. I, I told Ken like it would make more sense to me if Wonder Woman wasn't there. Because these are all, the rest of them are people he doesn't know. So it makes sense that he'd be on the defense because he's disoriented. But it's like, she's there, like something has to click. And then also, it kind of made me wish that it was just. You know, maybe now we're ready for the Batman v. Superman that Batman kept begging to have, where they got to actually take down evil (laughs) Superman. Like, I was like, that would be a much more interesting movie to me than dealing with Steppenwolf and his lame self. Because it was just so cool watching them really try to figure out how do you restrain this alien person who just has no limits, really. But yeah, I mean, how that scene ended up, though... Was kind of deflating to me with you know Lois showing up or whatever. It was just like, eh.
0: You didn't like the big guns.
2: Yeah, Bat- Batman always comes through with the emotional big guns. That's what he's known for, <laughs> really pulling at your heartstrings.
0: Well, he he learned from Martha in uh, Batman versus Superman. You know? he's like, Martha got him that. Martha got him that other time. So he's like, ah, Martha, I'll go for Lois. <laughs> Amy Adams is always, I think, really solid. But, I mean, this movie, she doesn't really get much to do at all except show up for three scenes. And she shows up here as the big guns. You know, Diane Lane also, because they they sort of share their scenes. I love Diane Lane. Their scenes are fine, but they're just sort of like there to sort of give pathos to Superman and give pathos to the idea that people are sad that he's not around.
1: Which makes zero sense (laughs) based on what actually has happened in this particular Superman, at least what we've seen. The fact that anyone is mourning the death of this guy is baffling to me, because all I've seen that people have experienced is a fight with Zod that killed a, a, a gang of people. Superman just kind of saying, whatever, when when a the, when the court building gets blown up and he just like, eh, I guess I'm leaving, just disappears. But I the thing that's really interesting is that Superman's reaction to Batman makes sense to me. Batman's reaction about Superman makes no sense, but Superman's like, you hate me. Like, last I remember, like, I don't like you. So, so it's like, why did you bring me back? I don't get it. Like, didn't you, you're like, you wanted this.
2: It does a disservice to us as the audience because it would be nice to have some sort of emotional connection to anybody. Like, I don't particularly care about Lois and Superman's relationship. I don't really understand why they love each other i I had asked him like i saw she had a ring on and i was like did they get married did i miss this and it's like i don't understand when any of that happened
0: he gave her a ring in batman versus superman
2: yeah i don't even remember that
0: i think they were only engaged technically but yeah i could be wrong superman does get one kind of cool line here where he's like you wouldn't let me live and you won't let me die yeah Unfortunately, like I feel like Henry Cavill's British accent comes through in that part. Like I don't, it's just weird. I can tell that he's British in that when he says that line or whatever.
3: I was confused because I don't remember what happened in Batman v Superman, so I was really confused as to why he was so angry. Like when he came back and was just like being terrible, but I I just don't remember what happened in that film. And yeah, what it was, I think it was Alfred that brought out the. The big guns which was yeah. it was uh amy adams but and, and then yeah and then wonder woman is like calling him by his superman name Kyle or whatever kal-el right? yeah kal-el yeah and like he's yeah i i, I thought it was it was a, a good show of like how no one can mess with superman essentially no one can no one can restrain him and yeah he's just like this wild force and then yeah when he kind of Went off with Amy Adams. It was just kind of dumb.
0: They needed to give him his moment where he decides he's going to be helpful again or whatever. Yeah. But yeah,
3: really. I guess. Which is so odd because
2: why would Superman need to do that? Like Superman, like innately who he is, is he will always choose good because that's who he is. Like that's, what he, that's who he was raised to be. So the idea that he's like, you know what? Maybe I'll be petty and just hang out with my girl and we'll see what they do about that. <laughs>
0: That's kind of true to
2: form in him. This universe, the murder verse turns into the, petty-verse. <coughs> the petty gonna
3: verse. We're not going to see him for so long after this, too. Like that was the next thing where I was like, I don't mean not to jump ahead too much, but I don't even remember. Like I was like, finally, you showed up. Like where? Okay, I was like, but it seemed like he was gone for a long time again. He like, was. I, I was like,
1: you actually reminded me of, of a weird thing I noticed the second time around because you're right. Um, Wonder Woman calls. Uh, Superman uh, Kal-El but then when, when when Amy Adams Lois Lane comes there's a cop like right behind her and she's like Clark Clark and I'm just like stop saying his name
4: <laughs> put him on blast
1: <laughs> it's like just call him Superman I was just like so confused why, why Lois would be calling him Clark very loudly with all these police <laughs> officers standing around it's like what are you doing
3: I know I'm full blast and then doesn't he end up killing one of those cops anyway or something with his like craziness is going on somebody's definitely
2: dead he lasered the cop car if anybody's in there they're very dead they didn't show any bodies but there could have been
0: hopefully in the Snyder cut we'll see a cop seared in half by Superman (laughs) if anyone can do it Snyder
2: I would prefer that they just lean into it and it just like just make everyone a murdering maniac who's sad that their parents are dead or in prison or something everyone's just got mommy and daddy issues and just starts murdering just go full the boys and just make them the worst
1: (laughs) i I consider the whole DCU basically an elseworld comic and like they'll reboot it to like main continuity where superman doesn't basically murder people and, you know, Batman isn't shooting laser guns out, out of his car, killing a bunch of thugs and like normal Batman Superman stuff.
0: Well, so we end up in Russia. There's been this whole terrible setting up of this Russian family. <laughs> this I'm pretty sure is Joss Whedon, un- like unfortunately, because like they felt they needed to have like people to relate to in this final battle. So they painfully set up this Russian family who who cares about them at all. Um, The little girl's got, like, bug spray to fight the uh, the (laughs) parademons. So, yeah, we get this big final battle in Russia. This totally blown out, I don't know, Chernobyl or something setting where um, Steppenwolf is setting up his mother boxes and he's going to bring the unity that's going to destroy the world or whatever. Batman busts out the Batmobile and drives around and... Uh, Aquaman surfs on a parademon. Jen looked (laughs) over to me and was like, did did that just happen? Did Aquaman (laughs) just surf on somebody? I'm like, yes, he did. That did happen. It's pretty much a big CGI waste of time for the most part. Flash (laughs) saves the Russian family.
1: It's so awful. Uh, It's so bad. And the thing (laughs) that's really annoying to me is that I think when when you're doing like a Justice League type scenario, I think you have to somehow diminish. I think the the problem is Superman's too powerful in these movies. I think the thing that works, like I've, I watched the Justice League cartoons, and one of the things I've I've always really liked about those cartoons is they diminish Superman's power to make it make sense that he would team up with people. In this movie, yeah. it's so weird that Superman, they're having so much trouble with this guy fighting him. And then Superman shows up and just like one shots him. And then he's like, oh, wait, I got it. I got to go, I got to go save people. I'll be right back. <laughs> to give yeah. them, basically, it's like a, a, a convenient thing to give them a little bit more time to do some more action stuff. Because if yeah. Superman stays the whole time, it's over. Because literally, right after he saves his people, he comes back. And he beats him single handedly again. Well, no, he like he likes freeze breaths, and Diana cuts cuts the spear or whatever. But
0: yeah, they try to do a handoffy type of thing, but but
1: it's so obvious that Superman could have got this done by himself if he if he just like got there in time, and and it's just and that's you know and that's one of the things that's kind of I mean it's, it was it's funny because it's cool in the other scene we were talking about because you're seeing just how strong he is, but then narratively you realize, like, oh, there doesn't need to be a Justice League if Superman's around. He kind of can just get it done.
2: Um, I agree with a lot of comments Kenneth made. I mean, first and foremost, I I just wasn't a fan because it's like instead of all the blues on blues, now we just got reds on reds. And it's just (laughs) like, is everything on fire? Are we, like, in the middle of the earth? I don't know what's going on. It's just Uh, an (laughs) ugly
4: scene, yeah.
2: It's just, it's really gross looking, and it's hard to, like, just really stay engaged with it because you just get that visual fatigue of just trying to make sense of everything that's happening. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing that Ken's talking about where it's like everyone is struggling, struggling, struggling. And it kind of feels like, you know, we're waiting for Superman and he's just like on the outskirts watching. And he's like, I'll let them try for a little longer before I come (laughs) in and save the day. Because then he shows up so smug, just like so (laughs) smug about everything.
1: I believe in truth. I really like justice.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's just like, just with all the little quippy jokes, and I was like, when did like who is this Superman that kind of just became a (laughs) douchebag?
1: Oh my god! (laughs) I forgot about the whole the whole thing with him and cyborg afterwards. It's like, like I wish Henry Cavill was doing this for Man of Steel because it would make sense. Because like I guess when he died, someone a ghost took his body, and he's like just different.
2: But um, it's like, I, d- I don't like that he makes such light work of fighting Steppenwolf. Like, he's the one who really makes uh, a dent in Steppenwolf. It's like, we actually see him bleed because of what Superman does. And then Superman doesn't even, like, recognize him as enough of a threat to stay. And I understand, like, they're civilians. So it's like, he goes and does that. But then he comes back and he's like, you guys are still fighting this guy? And it's like... Come on, guys. Like, they're having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, forgot
1: about that line. That was such a jerk yeah. thing to say. A
2: island. He fought all these Amazonians. Like this is not... he still
1: bothering you? Oh, he's so weak. Yeah. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all just braggy, showbody in a way that's like so weird for Superman because we've never seen that before. So it's like, I don't know, maybe he came back and he was like, you know what? The old Superman is dead. I'm tired of being sad. <laughs> you guys all suck. And I'm going to show you what the deal is.
3: <laughs> I, I, one thing I did, I, I I know it was just, you know, Superman just showing that he could, like, this was nothing. Like, that Stefan was just like a little fly. But I did get, I was happy that we did get to see him use his f- freezing breath.
4: Yeah, yes. but that was that
3: was like, I mean that you know kind of lame that that was you know they freezes his weapon and then yeah the handoff for Wonder Woman but I was like ooh like, go, go Superman but also with the I was confused with the uh, the Russian family because I feel like we saw them like it felt like it was like a long time like we saw them when like the the. I don't even know what those things are called. The murder bugs. What are those things? The the parademons. demons. Parademons. Parademons. Murder bugs. Whatever. De- de- yeah. Parademons were swarming on the house, and then it felt like a long time went by, and I forgot all about them. And then all of a sudden, that we were back to that that family. It was just It was this uh, strange the way. Uh,
2: because Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder forgot about them too. I know. <laughs> That's why they they forgot that they were there in in grave danger with a frying pan and, you know, a crowbar.
1: <laughs>
2: until somebody was available to save them, everyone forgot about them. <laughs> oh!
1: Even the demons forgot because they came yes. and then they waited for the family to leave their home before anything went down, even though they were yeah, right there. Yeah, the parademons,
2: there. who are so hungry to eat up all the fear, would leave the very fearful family alone, peacefully, until someone could conveniently save them. <laughs> It was sort of a
0: Wicked Witch of the West moment at the end where it's like they destroy the Steppenwolf's axe, which is his big weapon, which is never really explained either why his axe is so powerful. But they destroy his axe. And then so Steppenwolf is afraid and like Flash goes, smell that. And Batman's like,
1: fear. (laughs) How, How do they smell fear? It's so weird
0: have you guys ever smelled fear just no. curious
1: Never. i'm not sure
0: i don't know what it smells like
1: is is it just sweaty probably like bo
0: <laughs> that would be my assumption
2: he's just immediately sweating and it's like do
0: you wear deodorant <laughs> but I, I would think that steppenwolf would i bet steppenwolf would smell like bo the whole time i mean he's wearing yeah. this big thing and i'm sure he doesn't smell good He doesn't look like he's showering or anything in between murdering people. Yeah. So the parademons all attack Steppenwolf and he's the boom tomb comes up and sucks him back into the, uh, you know, the world of apocalypse, which is not shown to us in this movie. But, um, yeah, that's basically the end, except we get not one but two end stinger scenes because this movie is trying really hard to be a Marvel movie. (laughs) Mm hmm. And the first one is the Superman and Flash. They're going to have a race to the East Coast or West Coast. I forget.
3: To Pacific Coast. Yeah.
0: The Pacific Coast. Um, this is actually taken pretty much directly from a comic. There's a, you know, a comic where they do this. But They want to see who's actually faster. And so they race. You know, it's fine. I think Superman's got the weird lip in this scene. So it's unfortunate. Yep. Um, you know, but as far as stingers go, you know, it's fine. How'd you feel about this stinger, Ken?
1: Same issue I have with anytime the Flash isn't anything. The way he sets up his run is like that's not a run stance. Like I don't know what you're about to do, but it's a, it's a cute scene because you know, as a comic book fan, I'm, that's a that's a cool callback callback to the comics. You know, so I I despite all of that, I enjoy it. But see, the thing is, it's like I like. Like I didn't mind Man of Steel; it's fine. Um, but like this Superman post coming, like getting resurrected, and he's like in the fray. It's like oh, okay, I'm starting to see like classic Superman stuff, and in that scene, he's so he you, he's like embodying that whole Superman vibe that you just you like it, and it's it's so it feels so bittersweet because like I wish I'd been seeing this from Man of Steel. And but I've only gotten like let's say 5 to 10 minutes of this guy. Like he's such a cool. He's so like, you know, he's so Superman like with with Ezra with Flash, you know?
0: It's too little, too late. Especially exactly. if this is going to be the last we're going to get of Henry Cavill Superman.
2: I was kind of indifferent about it. I think the thing with DC is that there are moments that I think they could really embrace some fan service and I don't think they know how to. Or like they don't really want to like lean into the nostalgia or like just give us the little moment that everyone would like appreciate at least as like a like a last taste especially after such a like troublesome movie but i think that was their effort to try to do that and it's just it's all just a shrug like whatever i guess like there were a lot of other things i would have rather them spend two minutes on than a race
0: <laughs> jen did you have any feelings about this
3: not really. I was ready to wrap it up. Did it, it was make fine. you
0: smile or anything?
3: I mean, maybe a, a tiny smile. I mean, it was it was all right. I didn't I wasn't mad about it, but we did forget that the the, the ending was when they went to uh, this castle type place. Yeah. And it was Wonder Woman and Batman and Alfred, I think, right? Where they were like, we'll put a table right here that will fit six. And then they were like, and room for, or Wonder Woman's like, in room for more. Like they were really, really setting this up that they were going to really have a-
0: Keep going with more,
3: this. More Justice League. Like there, were, there were a lot of high hopes there.
0: Well, and I did like the one little scene with uh, Batman getting, giving clark and uh ma Kent yeah, back the, the house, back the house and i did like you know how'd you get this from the bank and he's like i bought the bank and it's like it's a it's a reflex or whatever i have
1: what what's weird about that scene though is that ben affleck looks fantastic it's like when did they shoot this scene was this in like <laughs> the the first scene shot because this entire movie he's looked terrible
0: it might have been it might have been the first scene they shot i mean i think the stuff where he looks puffy might be the weed and stuff but we'll. yeah that's what i'm
1: thinking too
2: well you're supposed to believe that he looks so great because the love of his life superman is now back in his life and he's been in such deep grief this whole he was able to stop drinking his feelings and drinking whiskey (laughs) just waiting for the fateful moment when his favorite friend Superman would return. And now he's back and he can help him. (laughs) And the Martha that has survived is here. So he's happy. He's on a good diet. He's drinking plenty of water, getting lots of sleep. So, I mean, it makes total sense to me.
0: And well, and somebody else who is back at the very end of the movie, if you bothered to watch at the very, very end, is our good friend Lex Luthor as immortalized by uh, Jesse Eisenberg in this scene where we find out Lex has escaped from prison and uh, he's on his sweet yacht and he is visited by a character who Jen had no idea who he was but it's the character of Deathstroke who is like a famous assassin type villain weirdly enough the inspiration for Deadpool, but, like, the serious version of, like, Deadpool. But, yeah, there's just a scene where Deathstroke shows up on Lex Luthor's boat, and they're like, we need to start our own league, a league of our own.
1: I have to say, I love that scene. I think that scene is super awesome. I hate Jesse Eisenberg's uh, Lex Luthor, but at the very least, at least he looks kind of like the guy with the bald head. But what I love is Deathstroke. That is so comics accurate. It was kind of creep it was kinda eerie. I was like, oh. And it's it's the same thing because I think when I had first seen that scene, a couple months later, I think there was a the release of like Ben Affleck's bat, solo Batman movie where Deathstroke was yeah. gonna be the main bad guy. And I was like, Oh my god, I can't wait to watch that movie. Because it's like it's two guys who can just get down and dirty, street fight street fight style, hand to hand combat, it's gonna be amazing. But like any like with DC, there's so many promises, there's so many you know room for mores that will never happen, and you know, you know Joe Mag Magdomelma, whatever his name is, gets to do a cool little cameo and never really embody the character.
2: I do like Joe, whatever his last name is, as Death. I think it's Man Mangiallo.
1: Really I call
2: him Joe Magnum Magnumo, but <laughs> so we, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Like he just irritates me. He's he he just feel, he's very punchable, and and I feel like they they do a disservice to Lex Luthor because like Lex Luthor is a cool character, and they kind of just make him very petulant. And gross, so I mean I I'm fifty 50 with it. It's like you know it's engaging. It's like kind of like how Ken was talking about. It's like it's setting up something that would have been really interesting if you know DC could get it together and follow through with these breadcrumbs they drop. I mean I think it actually served something as opposed to the other after credit scene. I, I, I it pushes the story forward. It, it piques your interest in a way. I would have liked to see an after credit scene of, of, you know, who else was going to be included in the Justice League. Some little snippet of, of who that was, like, um, whether that was...
1: Green Lantern.
2: Yeah, it could be Green Lantern, or um, what's the alien guy like, Ken? The green guy?
1: Oh, Martian uh, Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter.
2: Or something like that, like somebody really cool and who like no one really talks about when it comes to this DC universe. Like that would have been nice.
0: You know who doesn't share your hatred of Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor? Jen Yarbrough.
3: I I don't I don't hate him. And you I know, won't I hold it here,
2: against
0: you.
3: I was sitting here thinking and I was like. I
0: wasn't going to let you off the hook. I was not going to let you off the I hook. I know.
3: I was like, <laughs> is he going to ask me? Oh, he's not going to ask me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was just sitting here thinking. I was like, you know. Batman versus Superman. I, I need to be clear on this because it wasn't the entire movie that I hated. It was just that the 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 battle with the, um, I don't remember what the villain's name Doomsday. is. In that. Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah, with that, that just like, that's just what, it just, it literally, and I'm not even exaggerating. It went on for like 45 minutes, didn't it? Wasn't it like something like an hour of, or, or close to an hour of time of this battle? And so that's what pretty much soured me on the entire film. I didn't hate Lex Luthor. I didn't, I hate like a lot of the setup with, with Batman and and Superman and all the stuff that was going on. It was just that battle. So I need to be clear on that. But yeah, um, this, this teaser at the end. Sure. I would have been excited to see a league of villains um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure why not
0: okay so this movie made the reason why we're covering it on tentpole trauma is because it made six hundred and fifty seven million dollars worldwide which seems like a lot of money but that is not a lot of money for a 300 million dollar movie <laughs> That probably cost twice that in marketing, plus it's a superhero team-up with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and she had just had her own billion-dollar movie, like, the the same year. So this should have been a billion-dollar movie, and it fell woefully short. Now, um, I think that the reason why it did so poorly is because I think a lot of people didn't like Batman versus Superman and I think they figured this was more of the same. So they stayed away. And I think the reviews weren't really good either.
1: I think it's multiple things. I think you're right. I think a lot of people really didn't like Batman versus Superman because that movie did like 800 million or something like that, which, you know, is pretty good. But it's weird, man. Like for me, it's like Batman and Superman are the two most popular superhero characters of all time. Like, like, a lot of times people will say it's Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. So it's Batman, Superman, two characters from one place and one character from another place. And you put those two characters in a movie and it doesn't make $3 billion. It's kind of insane to me. I think you're right. Like, no one really liked... I mean, a lot of people were disappointed by Batman versus Superman. And I think the pub, the public... The issues of the filming were so public for everyone to see the switching of directors, the and there was just so many leaks about how things were kind of just a mess. And then I remember like people did like a, an early screening and people just ripped it apart. I, I think people don't like the murder verse, <laughs> and I think they they want something more uplifting, like this tone of being serious but just actually uplifting and actually fun.
2: I think I have what I think is a pretty common thought is because they hadn't earned it. They hadn't earned anybody caring enough. And I remember the the marketing for uh, Justice League. It was like, eh, like, I mean, I went because we always watch these movies and I think it only made as much money as it did because there are a lot of people who always will go and watch these movies regardless because they want to see them in theaters. But I mean, I, I didn't care. I mean, literally like Jen was saying earlier, Flash could have been crazy and just murdered everybody. And I would have been like, eh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> everybody just got, I guess, I guess everyone's dead now. Superman died, Batman died, like, I guess. Um, and, I, and there would have not been a, a tear shed. I would have shrugged and left. and be like, okay, anyway. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like, and you compare it to something like any of the Avengers movies, like Infinity War, Endgame, whatever, and there's so much emotional weight. They hadn't earned any of it for anybody who was half in to take a chance and watch it just to see what they could have done.
3: What's interesting is because I had a different order of seeing things because I waited to see it until today, um, I got to see Aquaman and I got to see two Wonder Woman movies before seeing this so it's like i was a little a little more invested even though it's um totally weird um i still like feel like there was not enough um about cyborg or about steppenwolf or you know like just a lot of um just questions and and you know maybe in the four-hour snyder cut it will be answered but um Yeah, it's it's just, you know, not to to jump ahead, but I mean, with everything that we've said, I think because of the way I saw it, I didn't hate this movie.
0: So my final question I'm going to ask is, do you think that the Snyder cut that's coming out at the end of the week will be better than this? I'm going to venture a guess and say this. I do think it will be better because I think it will flesh out a lot of things, like we talked about the Cyborg storyline. I think that it will at least feel more epic. There'll be more to it, and I think that it'll be more true to what it originally was intended to be, which I think just by virtue of that will sort of make it a better piece of art on its own. I don't necessarily think it'll be any more fun or entertaining probably less so (laughs) but i think it'll be a better just experience as
1: a story i agree completely i think the the mere fact that it's not it's a it's a full coherent thought instead of like two visions just kind of thrown at the wall and just whatever stuck sticks together we'll, we'll we'll shoot that we'll do that i think by just that mere fact that it's one idea, one vision, one succinct tone will make it a better movie. I don't know if it'll be like more fun, like you said. I don't know no. if it'll be. I, I you know I don't know, but I, I'm 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 glad that I get to see what the original intention was. I think something about that, because of how this whole thing went down with his daughter and how the movie turned out. I think there's something gratifying about, all right, now we get to actually watch what the movie he was actually trying to make.
0: Well, and I think it's sort of interesting the way the narrative has sort of changed around it because I think back in 2017, nobody, you know, people were so burned out on Batman versus Superman that nobody would have been hyped for this to be just the, Joss, the just the Zack Snyder Justice League. Yeah. But I think now because this came out and people were like, "Well, oh, that wasn't any good. They're like, you know what? Uh, I think I might actually uh, like the Zack Snyder version better but Crystal how do you feel about seeing the Snyder cut
2: I agree with a lot of uh, both of your and Kenneth's commentary I I think that it'll be interesting to see what it was intended to be. I don't think it's going to be more fun. I don't think it's going to be more entertaining. I'm really not looking forward to watching it cause it's about a million hours long. Um, but you know, you know you don't
0: have to watch it if you
1: don't want it. Oh, yes, she does. You don't oh, know yes. my husband. <laughs> yes,
4: she does. Yes, she does
2: we all do (laughs) what are you talking about one way or another i'm gonna end up watching all thousand hours of this movie i'll keep an open mind Uh, i'll be it'll be interesting to compare it especially having watched you know the first cut so recently um but i think it's going to really make my eyes tired and i'll get my eye drops ready (laughs) and lots of (laughs) snacks
0: (laughs) Well, I know I'm definitely not going to let Jen watch it at night. We're going to have like a giant (laughs) pot of coffee. It's going to be like morning. Like this is what we're doing. Nine a.m. Four (laughs) hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But Jen, are you at all in any even tiny way
3: looking forward to the Snyder cut? I'm glad you mentioned like a giant pot of coffee because I was also thinking like the sugariest of candy possible, <laughs> maybe like some Sprees or Pixie sticks or Fun Dip or something. I actually, well, you know, because I did, I, we watched the trailer for the Snyder Cut and I was like, kind of like, okay, I am interested to see what it is. Um, it is going to be a marathon of of getting through like the, the length is always a, a challenge and this is going to be... Or like um, an an ultra marathon, an endurance <laughs> marathon. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super excited about the length, but I am curious to see what what the original vision was.
0: All right. Well, I think that pretty much says it all. I'm, I'm gonna call up my parademons and gather my mother boxes <laughs> and get born to be wild. <laughs> all right. That about does it today for Tentpole Trauma. If you like what you heard, check out our social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Tentpole Trauma. That was easy, wasn't it? If you like us, hit subscribe, and leave us a sterling review on iTunes, if you dare. If you really like us, head over to Patreon.com and get involved in one of our fabulous tiers. You'll be glad you did. Want to communicate with Tentpole Trauma? Send an email to tentpoltrauma at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, one day you may even get your email read on one of our shows. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.